0: Have you ever had a moment that stole the breath from your lungs? Have you ever found yourself grasping for words to articulate the mess of your past, present, and future? What songs rise from the broken pieces of your heart as a testament that you are still breathing? This is the human story brimming with joy, grief, war, peace, doubt, and belief. Each of us has a human story, but we also have a God story within us. He is the breath in our lungs, the words on our page, the companion in our desert, the melody of our song, the salvation of our soul. We are human because He is God. good morning guys it's so good to be here with you this morning I'm Pastor Jordan I'm the student pastor here um, Thank you Ashley for the introduction and guys thank you for making me feel so like amazing with that with that reaction <laughs> um, I, I've thought about it so many times and I just love that I'm at this church um, this church most of all wants you to know who Jesus Christ is and Past like even the community and, and whatever else like we do, like the things that we value, that's what we want before you leave those doors here. Is we want you to know who Jesus Christ is. So if you love this church, can you please just give somewhat of a hoopla or something like that, like a like a round of or something? Like I said, I'm the student pastor, so if you don't like if you don't know that world, um, it's wonky, and it's weird, but it's so much fun, and it's so rewarding, and it's so cool, and, and I just want to give you a couple of stories of things that we're seeing at Student Life, and I want to start with someone like the wonky and the weird, okay? So buckle up, you know, here we go. I, I had this idea. I was like, you know what? We should play hockey. That'll be great, real good. It'll be a lot of fun. I even had like all these boxes that I tried to make like this box arena with. That didn't work. Um, And then, so I was like, okay, I'm going to put tables in a circle and I'm going to have like little gaps where the goals are going to be. It's like, it would be great. And we had pool noodles. (laughs) And if you've ever been to youth events, you're going to have to wake up with me guys. If you ever have been at youth events and pool noodles are involved you know it's going to be a fire time. It's going to be crazy. And it's going to be great. So we had pool noodles, and that was their hockey sticks. And so they were, they were swinging away and, and scoring on one another and having a lot of fun. We had Coach Trevor, who got kicked out because, like, it was scripted. And I, like, I told him, I was like, I was like just, just do something, just do something, like, obnoxious, and I'm going to kick you out in front of everybody. And he's like, okay, I got it. And so he starts arguing with me. I kick him out. And that was just one of those wonky things, but another thing that I want to share with you is a bold strategy that, <laughs> that was done by one of our students as she was being goalie. So I'm not going to mention any names, McKenna Miller. Um, <laughs> McKenna, McKenna Miller decided to get in front of the goal with a noodle, and she just kneeled down and started screaming. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> I was like, that's a strategy. I was like, that. Like. so like being the student pastor, I was like, I'm just going to see this play out. This is going to be funny. Um, and so she kept screaming and screaming. and Guys, their team won by a lot. <laughs> so that strategy of her screaming in front of the goal actually worked. I was like, wow, this, only in student ministry would something like this happen. But other things I wanna share with you guys is, is stuff that I share with the staff and some of our staff meetings is like when we have our middle school and our high school to come together and even just our high school on Wednesday nights, it is amazing to see like 70 teenagers arms just raised in the air, praising Jesus. And I wish, yeah. <laughs> I wish, I wish that you guys could just be on the wall and you could see what's going on inside the hearts of our students during those times. It is amazing. I told our staff, I was like, there, there's something about right now that they just seem like they're seeking and they're seeking and they're seeking. And I have one more story. Is that all right with you? I have one more. Okay, very, very great. Um, this, this was such a, such a cool and... Um, I'm gonna try not to cry. Bear with me. But one of, our, one of our kids came, I'm gonna cry. One of our kids came and she, uh, she came with one of her friends and she, the first time I spoke, um, I, I always like to give Jesus somewhere in there like an opportunity for the gospel because that's the most important thing. And, and so I got up there and I spoke and he, he, was in, he was in there, like the gospel was in there and she came up to me and she's like, you just have a cool vibe. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, thank you. That means a whole lot to me. But did you get anything out of like, you know, the Jesus part? And it's like, you just have a cool vibe. And I'm like, okay. Like, you know, that you know, that's that's student ministry, if any of you have, have ever been in there. Um, well, she kept coming and she kept getting plugged in and she kept hearing and she kept receiving. <sighs> and a couple of weeks ago she turned in, I have I have decided card. She decided to start following Jesus a couple weeks ago. I love student ministry and I love being here. And I hope just by hearing some of those things, you're getting to know me better. You're getting to know what's going on student life better. But I'm so excited to bring the word of God to our adults this morning. I appreciate like I appreciate being up here and the opportunity to share from the book of psalms how many of you guys have just loved digging in and diving into the book of psalms yep so i just want to i just want to give this opportunity to you guys if you haven't joined along with the u version plan that our church is going through it's not too late like if if any of you are feeling like a like a prick in your heart this morning you're like man i really need to get involved in that but you're, the reason why you're not is because you're like i'm too far behind that guys Please, don't let that be a reason. Get into God's word. You don't even have to catch up. Just join where we are and get into God's word because God's word, that's how he speaks to you. It says that scripture is God-breathed. That means that God literally speaks through his word. So if you want to join that, please join our version plan that we're going through the book of Psalms. So, so far... Um, we've had Pastor Pete, Pastor Beth, and Pastor Rich come up and give sermons on the book of Psalms and I just want to go over Pastor Beth and Pastor Rich's real quick the last couple of weeks. Pastor Beth went through Psalm 27 and some of her points that I remember jotting down were grabbing one thing and that one thing is Jesus. One of her questions to us is does Jesus have my full attention? Pastor Rich last week talked through Psalm 119 and to walk, to keep, and to seek. Some of the points I jotted down were that I don't get to turn off my following of God and to hold on to God's word closely to your heart. Again, I hope you've enjoyed the last couple weeks. And as we're going into this week, you get to hear what I chose. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so as, as, as Pastor Pete was, was asking us to, to prepare something over the book of Psalms, I was a t- like, tad bit overwhelmed. I was like, y'all, there is 150 chapters in the book of Psalms and all of them are good. I know that I know that's like like it's weird to say because it's God's word, but they're all good. Like they're all rich, and you can do you can do anything through the Book of Psalms that that's like going to be amazing for you guys. And I'm like, man, this is just wild. I don't know what I'm going to choose. And I share an office with some of the best office mates. Shout out to Ashley Servo. Shout out to Tori Storm. And shout out to Michael Jankovic. They are like the coolest people. Um, If you get a chance, please talk to them. But Tori came into Ashley and I's office, and she's like, why don't you just look at Psalm 16? It's like, all right. Like, this is great. I've been, like, flooded with so many different possibilities, but let me look at this one. And as I looked through Psalm 16, I was like, okay, here we go. I was in the middle of, of Psalm 16 and I saw a verse that really just popped out to me and it just immediately stuck out to me and it was, I'm going to bless God even at night when my thoughts trouble me. Man, I, how many of you guys, like your head's about to, your head's about to hit the pillow and you're like, Everything in the whole world that is bothering you comes up at the same time. How many of you guys are like that? Yeah, I I feel you 100%. So you guys can sympathize with what, what I'm saying here. So most of the time when we can't sleep at night, it's something that's weighing on us. It's heavy. It's real stuff. But sometimes the things that keep us up at night can be real silly and real weird. So I just, want to t- I just want to talk to you briefly about something that keeps me up sometimes. There, there's just something inside of me that like gets a hankering for Chinese food. And I don't know, like, I don't know why, but I always go back to it. And every time it's the same, I'm about to go to bed and I'm just like, ugh. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, my tummy. And I'm like, why did you do that, Jordan? And then followed by weird dreams. And it's just like, what in the world? Like, But the next day I'm like, you know what? Chinese food sounds great, let's do it again. But that's just like a silly, that's a silly thing that sometimes keeps us up at night. And I know, I know many of you probably have weird things like that that keep you up at night. And, and they give you like this, like I said, Chinese food gives you like weird dreams. And I just wanna share one of those with you real quick. So when, when, I was, when I was younger, Ursula from The Little Mermaid was chasing me around my house. <laughs> and she's like, and I'm like, like, I was like, I don't know what to do with that. Um, and so I hid in my closet like you do. You know, I'm just like, you know what? She can't find me here. I saw her come into like the room. She's like, you know, all eight legs and whatever. And it's like, ugh. She, comes, she comes into the room and, and, and then like she's about to burst through the closet door and I woke up and I was like, that is a Chinese food dream if I've ever had one in my life. <laughs> but again, that's silly. That's silly stuff that keeps us up at night. I was talking earlier about how I found a verse in the middle of Psalm 16 that talked about blessing the Lord even when my thoughts trouble me. That was silly what I just talked about, but there's real stuff that weighs on our mind at night. So if I could point your attention to Psalm 16, verse seven, this is, this is just about in the middle of this chapter. It says, I will bless the Lord who counsels me even at night when my thoughts trouble me. I will bless the Lord who counsels me even at night when my thoughts trouble me. Man. Some of us are out here saying, that's a nice verse, but this is hard sometimes. One important thing that we have to point out is that it says to bless the Lord. This leads to our first point and I want you to hear this. Our hearts are made to worship God. Our hearts are made to worship God. The dictionary definition of worship is to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. To regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. Our hearts were made to worship and be devoted to God. God. We find this truth in Mark 12, 30, which says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. We talk about worshiping God all of the time and you experience that here through music, through giving, through the messages, through prayer. But you might be here, and this is a fair, fair question. Why does God deserve my worship? That's a fair question. That is a fair question. And I hope I didn't just like cause people to go, like in here, but it's a fair thing to ask and and to say why. When people are seeking, it's okay that they ask why. So I'm gonna just say, he deserves your worship for a lot of reasons, but I wanna briefly go over two of these reasons. The first one is, he wanted something to do with you before you were even born. We find this truth in Psalm 139, 16. It says, For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. God wanted you before you were even born. He proved it by literally putting you together before you were even born. He wants you The second reason that God deserves our worship that I briefly want to mention is found in Romans 5, 8, which says, but God proves his own love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Right after you were born, God made a way for you to be in relationship with him because he sent Jesus to die for our sins. These two points alone, and there's so many more that I could go to, but these two points alone mean that and show that God is someone who is more than worthy to be worshiped and to be devoted to. Can I get like an amen or something like that? Can I get something out there? He is more than worthy of our worship. God deserves our worship. So I need y'all, can you do this with me? Can you just like buckle up like this? Just... Okay, buckle up with me, because this next, this next set of points could get a tad uncomfy. So can you buckle up? All right, here we go. I hope you're all ready. Can I encourage you to ask God, is there something else that I'm worshiping ahead of you? Psalm 139, 23 through 24 says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns, see if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. God, is there anything that I'm worshipping ahead of you? Is there anything that I'm devoted to more than you? Is there anything that I'm high, holding in higher reverence than you, God? I just want to go over I just want to go over some things and and, and that it's a, it's a list, but it's not like these are the only things, and it's not like you shouldn't like think about other things. There's just some examples that I wanna go over. A relationship, a property, money, comfort. These are just a few examples of what we can put in front of God. These aren't bad things, but they are if they're what you're pursuing ahead of God. So this reminds me of the Israelites. They they were in captivity under the Egyptians, and it was tough and rough conditions that they were under. Like day to night, they were working and working and working and working and being treated in brutal terms, and, and they were slaves. They had no say in what was going on. And Moses delivered them from the Egyptians, and now they're in the wilderness. And they're wandering around in the wilderness that that they are going to like, eventually be into the promised land that God, has, that God has promised to give them. And Moses left for about 40 days. And they were like, guys, I got an idea. Let's build a cow. And let's worship that. <laughs> So, the, so what they did was they built this, like, golden calf. And one thing I want you to, to know about this golden calf is it's just an object. This is not necessarily in and of itself. I'm not encouraging you all to go build a golden calf, okay? But this ne- isn't in and of itself necessarily a bad thing. It's an object. But it became a bad thing because they started worshiping it. And they were like, this is God. God Jehovah, the one who just delivered us from Egypt, you're not God, this is God. And that's when it became something different and something bad. So those things that I listed off before, a relationship, property, money, comfort, they're not bad things, but they are if that's what you're living for and what you love most and what has your most devotion. What is on your mind the most? What controls your emotions? Why do you make every decision you make? What motivates your decisions in life? That'll tell if something else has your heart more than God does. The example of relationships. I, work, I worship a relationship. That relationship is what motivates my every decision. That's what has my most devotion. I will compromise even what God says to please this relationship. Money, property, material things. I worship these things. They determine all of my decisions. I can't live without them and I don't want to. Again, these things aren't bad, but if it's what you're living for, they make terrible gods. People and things can be blessings, but if they're what's motivating you and and they have the most devotion from you, I just want you to hear this, they will fail you. If you're currently living for these things or people and are only motivated by things that aren't God, they will be on your mind constantly, and this could be a reason why you're not sleeping at night. Because people and things are unstable. People will treat you well one day, and not so well the next day. One night I sleep soundly; the next I don't. Things can make us happy because we are happy with them at one point, and then the next we are like, "Uh, "I'm over this," and or they give you heartache. They are unstable, and that could be a reason why you're not sleeping at night. We were made to worship God. The next point that we are going to go to is found in verse 5 of chapter 16, which says, Lord, you are my portion and my cup of blessing. You hold my future. God wants you to trust him with your future. You don't have to be anxious. You hold my future, God, but you have anxiety and you have worry over some real things, a bad diagnosis, uncertainty of income, your family is being torn apart, uncertainty of where you're gonna be in five years. The world is straight up cray cray right now. These are real and hard things. But when God is silent or unable to be seen, he doesn't stop moving and he doesn't stop working. And this brings me, this brings me to a story in the, in the Old Testament. It's, it's, a, it's a book of the Bible that is just amazing. And it's such a clear depiction of even when God is silent and, and even when you don't see him, he is working in the background and he is working in your favor. It's the story of Esther. And Esther, Esther is, is an orphan, orphan girl in, in Babylon. They, the Israelites are being taken captive by the Babylonians. And the king, who is over Babylon at the time, is a cruel and brutal man. But you know what? He's like, I want a woman. And so he, he says, go find me the best of every province, He'll find me the best, best women in, in all of my provinces and bring them to me. We're gonna have a beauty contest, y'all. And so he, he bring, they bring back about 100 or so, like it was like 100, 120 women back. And it just so happened that out of all of those women, he chose one of God's chosen people, a Jew, Esther. Esther is now the queen. So I've given you some context to the story and where we're going here. So one important character in this, in this, in this story is Haman. Can you say Haman? Haman? All right, cool. Haman. So Haman is just like the king. He's just as brutal and he has a lot of power. He's the second in command. And there was an event where Haman was standing up And he's like, y'all are gonna worship me. Okay, so, so every, every single person bowed down except for one. And y'all, if, if, if in the middle of my message, one of you guys just stood up all of a sudden, it would be, it'd be noticeable. And so to Haman, this was very noticeable. All of the people were bowed down to him except for one who is Mordecai. And he wasn't being disrespectful. He just knew the truth that you only bow down to the one true God. This is an important event in this story. So Haman is enraged. He's like, I cannot believe. How, how many of you guys like have ever been in that spot where you're just like, I cannot believe that person just did that right there. And, and so like Haman was, Haman was like that with Mordecai. He's like, who is that guy? I need to know who he is. I'm so mad. And he's like, he's like oh, he's Mordecai the Jew. So he concocts his plan inside of, inside of his head and he has the ear of the king. He concocts his plan. He's like, king, I think we've had the Jews long enough. We just need to slaughter them all. So again, Esther is queen. Mordecai is her uncle. He's the one who didn't bow down to Haman and that's why this plot started. God working in the background. Esther is queen. And it just so happened that Mordecai overheard an assassination attempt on the king's life. Just so happened. He reported it and the assassination attempt was foiled. And they wrote it down in these historical record books that Mordecai, the Jew, foiled an assassination attempt on the king. But he was never given credit. So that happens and, and Mordecai talks to Esther and he's like, they have this plan to kill all the Jews. You are a Jew, I'm a Jew, and that's all of our people. And so the amount of anxiety, the amount of worry of what's gonna happen in the future with Esther and her people and Mordecai, they're like, they have no idea what it, what's gonna happen, but it looks like something really bad is gonna happen. And so Mordecai is like, Esther, you have to say something. You are the queen to the king. You have his ear. You have to say something. But you have to understand in Esther's position, if she went to go talk to the king and she was uninvited or she said something he just didn't like, he could off her at any time. He had that much authority and he was that brutal of a person. So you can just sense like the anxiety, the worry here. It's like, man, this is like, this is a lot. Esther's worried about her own life. She's worried about her people's life. And so she's like, I'm gonna throw you a banquet. I'm gonna throw you a dinner and, and, and we, can like, we can talk then. So they throw a banquet and the king's like, why, why did you do this? This was so amazing and so cool of you. She's like, why don't we have another banquet tomorrow and we can talk about it. And so they have another banquet. And again, he's like, why, why did she do this? Why don't we talk again some other time? So, like, you can just see the worry and anxiety amongst in Esther's heart because she had no idea what he was going to do. And she knew, and she was anxious and worried about what he was going to do to her people. So one night, the king couldn't sleep. He was in his slippies, you know, and he... <clears throat> He had like cookies and milk, probably something like that. You know, you know the, the stuff, the stuff to get you to go to sleep. And, and you guys, we all have that thing that's just really boring in the background that we like listen to or like read or something and it just puts us right to sleep, right? So that night, the king decided, I want the historical records. I want, I want them because they're gonna put me to sleep. And it just so happened that he turned to the exact page that documented that Mordecai the Jew foiled an assassination attempt on his life. It just so happened. And he's like, who is this guy? We have to celebrate this guy. So they they get Mordecai, they celebrate him. And then Esther finally has enough courage to say, Mordecai, the guy who saved you, is a Jew and I'm a Jew. And we're the people that, you approved to have all slaughtered. The king was a teensy bit upset at this point, and he's like, he's like, "Where is this guy Haman?" And instead of killing all the Jews, he decided to have Haman hung instead. And all throughout this story, I want you to see God's hand. I want you to see see that in even though he wasn't mentioned, even though it was hard to see. It just so happened that the king opened up to the exact page of Mordecai, like foiling an assassination attempts. So then the Jews had favor at that point. It just so happened that Esther was the queen of this king and she was a Jew. And it also just so happened that Mordecai was the one who was there. And overheard and spoke up about an assassination attempt. Sometimes when God is not visible, he's doing just as much as when you can see him. Psalm 123, or I'm sorry, 121, verse 3 says, He will not allow your foot to slip, your protector will not slumber. God came through. Even if I don't see it, he's going to come through. But we have to acknowledge and we have to look at what if he doesn't physically come through? What if I have a bad diagnosis and I do pass away and it is my time to go? Your future, if you believe that God sent Jesus to die for your sins, is described in Revelation 21, verse four, which says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more. Because the previous things have passed away. God still comes through by securing your eternity. When I can't sleep, because my anxiety and because of my worry, trust in the God who doesn't sleep and is constantly working. God wants you to trust Him with your future. You don't have to be anxious. As we move into our last point together, I want, you, I want you to know and let soak in this last point. And this is hard. God is going to do a good job with your heart. Trust him with your hurt. God is going to do a good job with your heart, trust him with your hurt. Sometimes at night, the thoughts that trouble trouble us are because of hurt that we have experienced. So I hope, I hope it's okay. You've heard, like, you've heard stories from me and, and stuff about my life, but I'm going to share just a, just a little bit more about my life that's a little bit more heavy and it's, it's more serious. In the last four years before I came here, there was a lot of challenges in my, in my life that really kept me up at night. There was a relative of our family who was accused and convicted of sexually assaulting people. That came out of nowhere. That kept us up at night. The town that we the town that we lived in, that I lived in before I came here, there was rumors that started flying around about our family that weren't true and some of them were very serious and they were about my mom and my brother. And then there was, like, this bright spot, this, like, bright light in this story, and it was a girl that I met, and I was like, wow, like, like she's cool, she's goofy as all get-out, which I'm very goofy, too, and, and she's, like, she works in the news, and I was like, that's such an interesting career path, and I also have a very interesting career path. Let's, like, let's just see, like, if this works out, so... We had a lot of fun together and, and a lot of good memories. And I remember one of, the first, one of the first things that I was like, this girl and I are going to click, was we hung out for one of like the first times. And I was like, do you want to race? And so we raced each other to an amusement park ride. It was phenomenal. And I won. <laughs> if you get anything from today, that's what I want. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But... But it was, it was a good time and, and we were like, we were so close. We were like, we weren't just dating. We were, we were like best friends. We did so much together. We, con- like, we were communicating constantly and making each other laugh a lot. Um, like I said, we were both just like goofballs. And it was a bright light because I was like, man, like, I've always had a passion for marriage and how you treat the person that you're married to. I've always had a passion for that. And I got confirmed here when I was prophesied over. So in that time in my life, I was like, wow, this is it. Like This is great. Like this, this is like going to be fun and, um, and life is going to be like cool and, and <laughs> like sometimes unexpected because that's, that's, what, that's how it is. But together we can, we can really do this. Like we were like a strong couple. Last June, um, we had, you know, I got one of those texts, she's like, we got to talk, and I was like, oh gosh. I was like, we, we, we all have had those texts before. And I was like, okay, like, and this, this came out of left field, something that I, I didn't see coming at all. We got on the phone, and she just unloaded on me. I had no idea she thought these things about me. I had no idea that she was going to say these things, but she said that you're not a good leader. She said, I don't want to marry just a youth pastor. She said, you should be farther along in life than what you are. She said, you're just not driven enough. And so somebody who was like my best friend and somebody who I was really close to just ripped into me. And I was left at a spot of, wow, now I'm doubting my calling. I'm doubting who I am as a leader. I don't think I'm farther along in life. I started seeing, if you've ever had something hurtful said to you, do you, like, you sometimes you reflect back and you're like, maybe they're right. That was undeserved and not even accurate to who I am. And yet she said all those things. And I remember at night wrestling around with those thoughts and saying, no, she's right. Like, I'm not, I'm not worth it to anybody. I'm not worth it to any church. I'm not worth it to any like, person. Like, you shouldn't even wanna be around me. Because she hurt me so badly. Hearing hurt is tough and it's hard. It's hard not to let the thoughts of hurt come up before my head hits the pillow. God, you don't understand? I didn't deserve that. It hurts so badly, God. I never thought life would get this rough on me. I have to hang on to this anger because they deserve it. It's hard. I want to bring us back, and I say us because I hope you know that the pastors on staff here, we preach to ourselves. And we're never preaching at you, so I'm going to say us. I need to bring us back to this. as Jesus was being nailed to the cross, nails driven through his wrists, nails driven through his feet. Before that, he was put on trial. He was standing next to this guy named Pontius Pilate and he said, what would you have me do? And Jesus didn't do anything wrong and they all yelled, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. I can't even imagine the amount of hurt that was going through Jesus at that point. Jesus did not deserve what he got either, but he yelled, Father, forgive them because they know not what they do. I wanna encourage you to have the same attitude as Jesus this morning. No matter what has happened to you, Father, forgive them and forgive me for withholding forgiveness. Withholding forgiveness because of hurt could be a reason why you're not sleeping at night. You toss, you turn, you can't get the the thoughts out of your head because of what somebody did to you. I wanna encourage you to look at hurt differently and I I wanna encourage you and challenge you to say, Father, forgive them and forgive me for withholding forgiveness. As we close out today, I know that this can be heavy, but I hope that God is revealing things to you to lead him closer to him and a more free night of sleeping tonight. Psalm chapter 16 closes out in verse 11. It says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. When I shift my focus to God's goodness, I will find joy in his presence. God's presence and truth is the key to sleeping at night when my thoughts trouble me. When I shift my focus to God's goodness, I will find joy in his presence. God's presence and his truth is the key to sleeping at night when my thoughts trouble me. Can I encourage you to get in his presence by applying his truth to your life? God, search my heart. I don't want idolizing people or things to be the reason why I'm staying up at night. God, I believe that you hold my future no matter what that looks like. God, help me to forgive those who have hurt me because you've forgiven me. I wanna sleep well tonight. Applying his truth and his word to your life is getting in his presence. When I shift my focus to God's goodness, I will find joy in his presence. God's presence and his truth is the key to sleeping at night when my thoughts trouble me. Can you guys pray with me this morning? God, I thank you because of Jesus that we can confidently come and speak to you. God, sometimes life gets messy and sometimes life gets hard. I want to pray over all of our church this morning the truth of your word that you hold our futures. We were made to worship you, God. And thank you for forgiving us and help us to forgive like you've forgiven. God, if it's repentance that we need to do, God, I ask that just through the powerful name of Jesus that you hit every heart that needs to repent right now. Holy Spirit, have your way in us. Move throughout this room. This is your agenda, it's not ours. And God, I I just ultimately thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the example. I thank you for the hope that it brings. To our life. And if there's anyone in here who doesn't know who Jesus Christ is, I don't want you to miss this. Our church, our people, do not want you to miss this. So, church, we don't want anybody praying alone. So, if you could all repeat after me, and if if you're feeling if you're feeling the Holy Spirit inside of you saying. Get involved in this, get this, pray this. Please listen to what he's saying. So church, repeat after me. God, forgive me for all of my sins. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. And he came back to life. God, I believe that's enough. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Save me, God. Every eye still closed. If if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, can I can I just ask you to boldly shoot your hand up? I see that to the left. I see that to the left. I see another one to the left. We seal this, God, in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Let's give a hand for those who just made that decision for the first time.
1: Thank you, Dr. Jordan. Proud of you, man. That was a great word. Listen, if you just said yes to a relationship with Jesus, congratulations on the most important decision you'll ever make in your entire life and welcome to the family of God. We're excited to have you as our brother and our sister in the Lord. And we would love to connect with you. And if you could do us a favor, grab the green I've decided card out of the seat back pocket in front of you and just check the box on the backside that ind- indicates the decision you just made. And on your way out in just a moment, if you would find one of our Next Step Dream Team members out in the welcome area of the foyer, they would love to give you a Bible and some other resources that will explain a little bit more about the decision that you just made and also su- suggest some next steps that you may wanna consider taking on this new journey as a follower of Jesus. But we want you to know that you're not on this journey alone. You're part of a family that's excited to come alongside of you and help you know and follow Jesus step by step. That's why we exist as a church. But we're excited for what God is doing in your life and believe that the best is yet to come. Amen, church? You know, it dawned on me as Pastor Jordan was preaching just the cool way that the Holy Spirit kinda weaves what he wants his church to hear uh, independently of us organizing or coordinating you know what each of us was going to preach on so i began the series you know by talking through psalm 23 and the lord's leadership and how he leads us beside you know green pastures and still waters and he leads us into righteousness so he leads us into rest and righteousness pastor bath then talked about you know how jesus needs to be the one thing that we desire more than every other thing so when we follow the shepherd's leading Jesus becomes the thing that we fall in love with more than anything else. And then when we fall in love with Jesus more than everything else, Pastor Rich talked about how we will walk, keep and seek his word because that is how we get to know Jesus even more is through his word. And when we get to know his word, we have the answer and the key to the things that create anxiety in our hearts and keep us from sleeping at night. Isn't that awesome? Just how the themes of these messages kind of build upon one another. And I recognize that anxiety is one of the things that is at an epidemic level in our society today. Believer or non-believer alike, we all wrestle with things that create worry in us. And so I pray today that you were armed and equipped with some, some truth that will bring comfort to your heart, that will help you know that, hey, I can rest and sleep at night. Psalm 48 says, I will rest and sleep in perfect peace because you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Thank you, Pastor Jordan, for that word. As our Dream Team members get into position to serve you now with excellence on your way out, if I could just remind you that if you would like to participate with us in Breakout Buffalo and seeing revival break out in our city by loving and serving our neighbors, I wanna encourage you to do that today. You can scan the QR code in the bulletin that you received on your way in or stop by the outreach area out in the foyer. But I'll be back in the pulpit next week as we continue the series in the Psalms. I'll be excited to bring a word next Sunday. Until then, guys. God bless. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.